0: Matthew chapter one. We'll begin in verse number 18, Matthew chapter one, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise: when, as his mother Mary, was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on those things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. And now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So that's all we'll read this morning. We have several other scriptures maybe that we'll look at. But I'd like to think along this line, God with us. Why the necessity of God with us? Why is there a need for God to be with us? If you would like to look with us, we'll begin in the first of the book. The first of the book, the Bible says this in chapter number 3 and verse number 8. Chapter 3 and verse number 8 in the book of Genesis. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Where is man... Man is fleeing. Man is desiring to get away from the presence of God. Isn't it wonderful that God, in His knowledge, foreordination, decided that He would come to man? (laughs) Man's not coming to God. Man, by this Word of God, by this Word of God, And they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Man is not fleeing, trying to get to, longing after, really desiring to come to God. No. No, man is fleeing from the presence of the Lord. That's where man is. Man is continually fleeing. And if it wasn't for God Almighty... There wouldn't be a one of you sitting here today, nor any of mankind that would have ever been saved. Had it not been for the actions of God, man would be lost and on his way to hell or in hell today. But God, in His wonderful grace and mercy and long suffering, God came to man. Here is man hiding from God. Is man hid from God today? Absolutely not. Though man may flee, and that's that's the nature of man. Greg read in 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 John chapter three, verse number sixteen, probably the most well known verse out of the King James Bible that there is, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now I, I say this is man really wanting to be saved? No. Man is wanting to flee from God. But that's not all. By the justice and by the righteousness of God, listen to what the Bible says in the last of that chapter. Chapter 3, verse number 24. The Bible said, "...so he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turneth every way to keep the way of the tree of life." God drove man away from. And you know, you might say, well, that's an awful thing. If it hadn't have been for the mercy of God, God could have left man in the garden and man could have taken of the tree of life and been forever dying without any remedy. But God, in His mercy, drove man out of the garden, but He placed at the east of Eden a flaming sword and the cherubims to guard the way to the tree of life. You know, if it had not been for the Lord, man would have been in an eternal and everlasting... Not just those that are in hell now. Those that will go to hell. But you and I would have been in the same shape We would have been in that same condition. But God comes down to man. Let's let's, listen for a moment or two. In the book of Exodus, chapter number number 19. So here is man, and God is coming down on Mount Sinai. Uh, uh, Exodus, chapter number 19. And the Lord said... Thou shalt set bounds, verse 12, that the people round about saying, Take heed to yourselves that you go not up unto the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall surely be put to death. Verse number 16, And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud, and the mount... "...upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled." You know what this is? This is the presence of God. How far away is He? Well, He's on the top of Mount Sinai, and they're at the base, and God said to Moses, you set bounds around the bottom of the mountain. Don't let anybody come up, because if they come near to me, they're going to die." whether it be a man or it be a beast. Is is God approachable? God is unapproachable. The holiness of God and the sinfulness of man makes God unapproachable by fallen man. There is no way that man can come to God. And you know what it's going to take? It's going to take a new birth. It's going to take a new nature. It's going to take a new creation for man to be able to come to God. And does man have that ability? Can man make himself over? Can Nicodemus, as he said, can man go back into his mother's womb? If he could, would it make a difference? Would it make a change in you? No ma'am, and no sir, it would make no change if you could start life knowing right now, knowing this morning that you were on your way to hell, knowing this morning that you were sinful and ungodly and on your way to hell. If you could start life over again and start again in your mother's womb and start Again with a brand new birth, you would still end up the same way that you are today, on your way to hell, separated from God in your sin, and God is unapproachable by you. Thank God that He brought Jesus, that God came down. You know, as we as you read this scripture. Jesus was born of a virgin. Was that necessary? If He had been born of any other than a virgin, and by the work of the Holy Spirit, where would we be today? Still in our sins. If Joseph had birthed Christ, then there would have been another human being with a sin nature. But Jesus was born of a virgin. Jesus was born of a virgin conceived by the Holy Spirit. So absolutely necessary that you and I, that there would be a sacrifice offered unto God for our sin debt. So let's just listen to this verse or two right here. So the Bible says that now all of this was done. So Mary is going to bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Is he going to save everybody? The Bible says he's going to save his people. You know what we hear today? God's saving all that He can. Is that right? God's saving all that He can. Let me ask you, can He save everybody? Is there any limit to whom God can save? i tell you who He came to save. He came to save His people. Is that... Is that I'm, I'm going to say it like this. In eternity past, is that accomplished? Amen. Yes, it is. In time, His people are going to come and they're going to be saved. So Jesus came to save His people. Now, you know, it looks to me like that if I read that verse, there are people that are not His people. The Jews would have said, We're the only people of God. We're the only people that the Messiah is coming to save. It's just us Jews, us children of Abraham, us that are of the lineage, us that our bloodline can be traced back to Abraham. That's the only people that Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Christ, that's the only people that He came to save. But oh, I I look at this verse and listen to what this verse says. says, Verse number 23 says this, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and this was prophesied in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, which being interpreted is God with us. Who needs that to be interpreted? Isaiah 7, 14. So that was written to Israel, right? It's spelled a little different there. But it was written to a people of Israel. A virgin is going to conceive and have a child. And thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Did they need any interpretation? God with us. How about a world that doesn't know anything about Isaiah chapter 7, 14? How about a world who had never had any exposure to the Old Testament? How about a world that everybody else except Israel was excluded from? Do you reckon that world needs to know that Mary is going to bring forth a son and she shall call his name Emmanuel, that is, God with us. Thank God that the invitation doesn't only go to Israel out of Isaiah 7.14, but the invitation and the and the affirmation of God coming down to man goes out to the whole world. <laughs> you know when they hung Jesus on the cross? You know what the Bible says? It's wonderful to me. The Bible said that he wrote in Latin. He wrote in Greek and he wrote in Hebrew, or Aramaic, uh, Jesus, the King of the Jews. You know who he was the King of the Jews for? Thank God for all of the speaking, all of the known world at that time. He was not only the King of the Jews, uh, friend, as far as Israel is concerned, or Abraham's concerned, he was the King of the Grecian world, he was the King of the Roman world, he was the King of those that spoke Latin, he was the King of those that spoke Greek, He was the king of all. So who has God come down to? He's come down to all of us. Why does man, why does does this need to be? So behold, a virgin shall be with child, bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. So God, which shall be interpreted, God with us. So that word, with, means this. Not just that He's around. He's accompanying with. He is sharing with. God came down that He would share with us. So as you think about that, what does He share? i tell you this, friend, that through God coming down, that He shares in our burdens. He shares in our sorrows. When you have God with you, i tell you what you have. You have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You have someone that you can lean on. You have someone that you can count on. You have someone when no one else is there. You have someone who is with you. You have someone who has been what you're going through. You have someone who knows what it feels like. You have someone who knows what it is. As was mentioned earlier, Donna mentioned, Duran, I tell you there's many a first person right here in this Christmas season uh, that feels all alone. Many a person that feels lonely. I want you to know this the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus God with us, Emmanuel knows what it is to feel alone. He know, And I want you to know this He's with you. He is with you to feel your loneliness. He is with you to feel your sorrow. He is with you to share with you. He is with you to bear up under that. He is with you to help you. He is with you to encourage you. Thank God that He came down. God came down. Man's not going up. All the other religions are trying to reach God. Have they done it? No one has ever done it. But God came down. Isn't that something? That He might be with us. That He might be with us. That He might accompany us. That He might be our companion. That He might be the one that is there when no one else can be there. When all the circumstances look so black. And when everything looks so dark. I tell you what, we've got one with us. And listen, friend. He's not standing over to the side. He's not over there. I say this. He's not in the babe in Bethlehem today. He's not a Savior on a cross today. He's not in the tomb today. I thank God He came down to be with us. And through the work of the Holy Spirit of God, He is with us today. And thou shalt be... Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Now you, you, you think, is he with us today? The children of Israel said, Is the Lord with us or not? Is he with us? He says in Exodus, They made the golden calf, you know, it looks like God ought to forsake them, doesn't it? It looks like God ought to just mark them off, wipe them out. They come down off of the mountain. Moses ground the uh, uh, golden calf into powder, strode it on the water and make them drink, made them drink of it. He said, "'Who is on the Lord's side?' But I want you to know this. God said to Moses in about the 33rd chapter, He said, I'm going to send my angel with you, Moses. I'm going to bring you into the promised land. I'm going to give you what I promise. I'm going to do everything that I said. I'm going to send my angel. Moses said, no, Lord. If you're not going with us, I'm not going up. If you're not going with us, Lord, we're not going up. And know this, Lord. What makes us to be different than all of the other people on the face of the earth is the fact that you're with us. I'll tell you, thank God through the Lord Jesus Christ. God can be with us. What makes you different? I'll tell you what it is. God is with us. God with us. You say, well, I don't know. I don't know about that. This is what the book said. For wherein our brother is talking about being out here on the job, being in our community, being in our workplace, wherever we might be. For wherein shall it be known here that I, Now listen, when I get to heaven, there won't be any need for people to know that I'm a child of God. There won't be any need for people to know that Christ is with me, God is with me. i tell you where they need to know that. They need to know that right here. They need to know that the Lord is with us down here. Uh, Exodus 33 verse 16. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? so shall we be separated I and thy people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Isn't that wonderful? You know why you're different. You know why you're not lost and going to hell. You know why God has put something in your heart, a friend that is different than the rest of the world? It's because God came down. God came down that God... You you, you read this Scripture and it says Emmanuel, and what, what was that? Well, the immediate result of that is God in the person of Jesus Christ was coming to the earth. Right? But What about us today? Was there a result from God coming to the earth? Was there a result? There's a result. God is with us. God with us. If you're saved, if you're born again, if you're a child of God, if, you, if you've trusted in the finished work of Calvary that Jesus Christ performed, then I'll tell you what we have today. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit of God and you know what we are? God with us. Our Lord, what makes us to be different? Lord, You've separated us from all the other people that are on the face of the earth and what makes us to be different than everybody else is the fact that You're with us. If we don't have the indwelling Holy Spirit of God, we're no different than the lost man. I don't care how religious, how moral, how faithful that you are to the physical and the, uh, uh, the natural things of this world, religion, church, baptism, Lord's table, the Lord's supper... I don't care how much of that you are a practicer of unless the Lord dwells in your heart and God is with you. You are none of His. Jesus Christ came down that God would be with us. Thou shalt call His name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So as you... You think about this. Jesus says to the disciples, we had it in the play, come follow me. Right? Come all you that are weak and heavy laden. Thomas, come. Thrust your hand in my side and see that it's me. Come, cast your cares on the Lord. I'll tell you what He calls. He calls us to come near to Him today. He calls us to come to His presence today. I believe He said it's in the, in, the, in the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews chapter number 4. Where are we today? You know, I thought this might go a little different, but it seemed like it's going to those that are saved. If you're not saved today, I pray that you would be. But to those that are saved, you know what He says, Let us therefore, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Thank God you know what He is? He's with us. He's acquainted with us. He's with us in accompaniment. He's with us in friendship. He is sharing in our burdens. He's sharing in our sorrow. And listen, when you get down and out, when you feel overwhelmed, when you don't know what to do, when you've sinned and failed God, when you've went against your own conscience, know this, we've got a high priest which can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And I'll tell you what you can do. You can come to the throne of grace... You can come to where he sits. You can come there. And friend, there you and I can find help and grace in the time of need. He calls us to come near. How can I come near? I can come near because God come down. I can come near because God come down, God with us. You know, outside of the work of Jesus Christ, there's no man can come to God. Outside of the work of Jesus Christ, there's no way for me to get forgiveness of my sin. There's no way that I can get rid of my guilt. Is there a genuine manifestation of God with us? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the manifestation of God with us. Jesus Christ. 33 years. What a manifestation of God with us in the flesh. Jesus Christ went back to heaven. Sent us the Comforter. Another. I'm going to send you one just like me who will stand beside you, who will be with you, who will help you, who will encourage you, who will strengthen you. I'm going to send another one just like me to dwell with you. John chapter number 14. Jesus says these words to those that are around. He said, If you love me, he he that loveth me, if a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come... And we' under Him, and make our abode with Him. What's he going to do? I tell you what he's going to do. Our friend, when you and I love God and we keep His commandments, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a manifestation of God with us. I believe Peter said it over in the book of the Acts. He said, "They that keep His commandments, they that do the will of God, Holy Ghost is going to be with them. Can we have the presence of the Lord in our life? Can we grieve the presence of the Lord in our life? Can we quench the presence of the Lord in our life? You might say, well, I don't, I, I don't ever remember hearing that. Did, did you hear this, quench not the Holy Spirit? Right. Have you heard grieve not the Holy Spirit? Well, let me just say this to you, that the Holy Spirit is the manifested presence of God with us today. The Holy Spirit is the manifest presence of God with us today. So do we need the Lord? I tell you, we need the Lord. So we can come to the throne of grace. Jesus came. You know, you might say, well, Jesus came to Bethlehem. Yes, He did. He went from Bethlehem to Egypt. Right? From Egypt to Nazareth. In His ministry, He was at Jerusalem. He was at Bethsaida. He was at Capernaum. Friend, Jesus came, and you know what He did? He went to the cross. He died on the cross. I tell you, God came down. Listen to what Philippians says. I know I'm going a lot of different places, but I hope you can see how it, how it ties together. I believe that it does. The Bible says this, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, and took on him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Can you see that God was with us? Can you see that God come down? Listen folks, it was God. It wasn't a man called Jesus. It was the God-man. It was the Son of Man. It was the Son of God. It was God with us who died on the cross. And oh, can you see this? That He came down. That you and I could have a different mind. That we could have a different love. That we could be a new creature. That we could be a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Thank God you could be this God with you. How low did he come? I tell you, he humbled himself. God now. God humbled himself and emptied himself and became obedient unto death, <coughs> even the death on the cross. Why the death on the cross? Why did the Romans crucify Him? Cursed is everyone that hangeth upon the tree. Right? My curse. Your curse. My guilt. Your guilt. God came down. God among us. God with us. God came down. Listen friend, who can satisfy God? Who can satisfy the righteousness of God? Who can satisfy the justice of God? Who can satisfy the wrath of God? Who can satisfy Almighty God? I'll tell you, it was God in the flesh. It was God in His Son, Jesus Christ, who satisfied the righteousness and the justice and the holiness of God. It was Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came down to satisfy God for me. That God... Is God with you today? Is God with us today? You know, I believe it angered God when they said, is the Lord with us or not? After all that He had done, after all of the greatness, after all of the plagues, after the crossing of the Red Sea, after the opening, uh, uh, sweetening the water at Meribah. After opening the water coming out of the rock, they say, Is God with us or not? Is God with you? Is He? His name shall be called Emmanuel, being interpreted. God with us. So Jesus came down. God came down. He came to Bethlehem, to Egypt, to Nazareth, out of Jerusalem, to Capernaum, out of Bethsaida. He came to the cross. He came to the tomb. But i tell you what happened. Our friend, 40 days, how the Lord Jesus Christ, ascended back to heaven, but on day 50. Thank God the Holy Ghost came down. God came down. Not in one person. Not that He's over there by the Sea of Galilee. And friend, there's so many that you can't get in the house. I'll tell you what He did. He came down to me. He came Down to those that would believe the word of God, he came down that God could be with us. He says in Corinthians, Darrell mentioned it, You are our epistle. Known and read of all men. What Paul wrote to the Corinthians. But know this. The world is reading us day by day to see if God be with us. The world is reading us day after day after day. If we're genuinely, really, saved, born again, they can read our lives and they see whether God is with us. I've told a lie, because if I'm saved, God is with me. If I'm saved, the indwelling holy Spirit of God is in my life. God is with me. Uh, that's in the second Corinthians. He says in the book of Acts, chapter number four, there was Peter and James and John. You know what they said? They were ignorant and unlearned men, but they knew this: they had been with the Lord was was there was there lingering effects of the presence of God on their life? Was there a lingering effect of God being with them for three and a half years in his ministry? Was there lingering effects was there a baptism of the Holy ghost were did God breathe on them? I tell you this, God breathed on everyone that belongs to him He's breathed on you that the world could know. You know, we discount, we discount, we discount so much God's receipt. We walk out of the store, I realize there's very little persecution today of thievery. Very little. Very little. Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, Costco multitudes of grocery stores all across our country, hardware stores are are, are are it's like their hands are tied. People are stealing stuff from them left and right. But I want you to know this. If you're a child of God, God give you a receipt. And know this, you're not going to enter into heaven without your receipt. You're not going to get into the presence of God. You're not going to enter into heaven without the witness, without the acknowledgement of the presence of God with you. You're going to have to have this. God is with us. Individually. Now Jesus came down that God could be with us. And Jesus came down to give His life a ransom for many. And Jesus came down, and friend, when he finished his work, and he said, "Is finished." On day forty, he ascended back to heaven, but on day fifty, he sent us a receipt. Preacher, how do you know that it's paid? Praise God! I got a receipt. How do you know it's paid for? I know this. On day number 50, God said, let me send down a receipt where they'll know that everything they've seen, all of their guilt, all of their shame, all of their ungodliness, I want to send them down a receipt where they can know it's paid for. Praise God. God is with us. You might as well forget going to heaven if there's no witness of God with us today. They said about them men, ignorant, unlearned. I believe there's been a many a man, and I don't don't try to glorify this. I believe there's been a many a man and a many a woman through the years. Couldn't even read the book of Acts. But there was a witness that God was with them. There was a witness that they believed the report. There was a witness and an acknowledgement that God had come down. Where did He come down? I'll tell you what He came down to. He came down to me one day. A uh, friend, he came down to me. He came to dwell in this little temple. He came to dwell in, my, in, in the holy, in the person of the Holy Spirit. He came down to dwell with me. He came down to set up residence and to abide with me, a uh, friend that the world might know how that God is with us. You know, in the temple, Exodus 33, verse 16, I believe it is, Exodus 33, Exodus 33, I'm sorry, that's, 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 that's a scripture I've already mentioned to you about, about them, the presence of God being with us. But I, I, I want to I think on this for just a moment. There was a holy anointing oil made. And that anointing oil went all on all of the vessels that was used in the house of God. So you and I, you and I, according to Hebrews, according to Hebrews, now, now Moses was given the prescription for that anointing oil and that anointing oil went on the priest went on the levites went on those that were used in the house of god and listen that was not an oil not an anointing oil that should be used on anything else it was for god's service does the rest of the world have the spirit of god though they may hear the gospel though they may have went to the baptizing hole Though they may have done many things, unless there is salvation and a call and a work of God done, there is no anointing there. But Hebrews chapter number 2, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest, and things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able also to succor them that are tempted. What did Jesus come to do? I tell you, Jesus came, and you know what he was made he was made like an unto you and I. He was made like an unto his brethren, in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin, that he might be a faithful and merciful high priest. And I tell you that he has anointed us. God with us, if you're in the family of God, if you're genuinely born again. When God saved you, He gave you the God with us, anointing of the Holy Spirit, that you can know God is satisfied with my faith. God is satisfied with my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Was God satisfied with the offering of Jesus Christ? God raised Him from the dead. If there was any sin, if there was any fault, if there was any failure in the part of Jesus, God would have never raised him from the dead. But God raised him from the dead to say to a world, I'm going to judge the world by this man. This man that I raised from the dead, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit back uh, to those that are saved and those that have their faith and trust in my Son. I'm going to give them a witness that they are accepted. Is God with us today? God came down. That you and I could be accepted. Isn't that something? That God so loved the world that God paid the price for a lost and a dying and a sin-cursed world to be reunited to God. Where is he in chapter 3 of Genesis? He's fleeing from the presence of God. He is driven out of the garden. The first two brothers murder Is man sinful today? Absolutely. But do you know this? That through and by the offering and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, God has made it possible that God could be with us. Just a little bit more. Daniel chapter 9. Very familiar scripture. Daniel chapter 9 and verse number 24. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people, upon thy holy city, to finish the transgression. So there might be a lot of different ideas about this. I'm going to read the verse and then we'll walk back through it in just a moment. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness And to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. 70 weeks. What is this? This is a timeline. This is a timeline from Cyrus' time to Jesus' death. 490 years, I believe. What's his purpose? Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people, upon thy holy city, to finish the transgression. So that word there means revolt, refuse, to refuse to subject yourself, to rebel. You know, it looks like here is an answer to the original transgression. You know what I received? I hear what I received. I received death. I became a sinner. I received that from my inheritance, from my forefathers. But here, there's going to be an end to transgression. There's going to be an end to the rebellion, to the revolt. And he also says this, the end of the transgression, and to make an end of sins. Sins? Yes, sins. To make an end of all sins. Sins. Now listen, that's not the sins of all the world. But that's the sins... If you're saved today, you know how many of your sins are forgiven? All of your sins. Your transgression, your revolt, your rebellion has been finished and accomplished in the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of your sins, plural, are forgiven in Him. I tell you, Jesus, God brought Jesus Christ into the world through the Virgin Mary by the conception, by the work of the Holy Spirit of God, and He has made an end to finish the transgression. You know what Jesus is? i tell you what Jesus is. Jesus is the end of the law. To all that are looking for righteousness, Jesus Christ is the end. He is the accomplishment. He is the fulfillment. Our friend, you're never gonna get there by the works of the law, but Jesus fulfilled the law. Jesus accomplished and finished the law. Jesus jotted ever eye. Our friend God at every eye and crossed every T of the law. He did it all. And you and I are accepted with God in Him. And to bring in and to bring in everlasting righteousness. <laughs> to bring in, I wonder what that means. Was there everlasting righteousness from eternity? I mean now think with me, everlasting righteousness. Where did that begin? So, we're hearing, and I believe this is a picture of Christ coming. But was He not slain before the foundation of the world? So everlasting righteousness, think, think now, everlasting righteousness, is that from here forward only? Or is that from here backward in the works of God? and from here forward in the works of God, Jesus Christ was slain before the foundation of the world, but entered into time in 0000. zero, zero, zero. Jesus entered into time and died about 33 A.D. Our friend, Jesus Christ entered in, and you and I are recipients of the everlasting righteousness through believing what He did in time. Can you see that? So, I believe it's in Peter, not Peter, in Timothy. Maybe this will help us. Timothy 2, 2, Timothy 1, 9. Who has saved us? What verses? Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling? Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ before the world began. So where was the everlasting righteousness? It was in Christ before the world began. But now let's listen. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who had Abolish death And hath brought life and, mort- and immortality to light Through the gospel <laughs> So what happens in Daniel nine twenty four? He's prophesying of the everlasting righteousness Coming to the light and to the sight of man and Jesus Christ is going to do away with the rebellion, with the revolt, with the rejection, with the original sin. He is going to do that and is going to forgive us all of our sins to those that believe. Listen a little bit more. A little bit more. A reconciliation for iniquity and bring, a, bring in everlasting righteousness. So Christ was the end of the law. Christ a friend, was slain before the foundation of the world, was made manifest in time, when did you get saved? When was He slain for you? But when did you come to the realization of that? In time. Through what? Through the Gospel. Through the Word of God. And what has that done for you? I tell you what that did for me. What that did for me is that made me to realize that God was with me. With us. Just a little more. To seal up the vision and prophecy. What did Jesus say on the Emmaus road to that crowd? Did He not take the Scriptures and open their heart and their eyes to see that He was the fulfillment of all of the prophecies all of the visions, Christ is the fulfillment of that. Just a little more in this verse. Seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. That's where I meant to read a few minutes ago, Exodus 30 and 25, about the anointing oil. Exodus 30 and verse 25 What's God done for His people? 30 and 25, Thou shalt make an oil, make of it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be a holy anointing oil. Thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation and the ark of the testimony and the table and his vessels and the candlestick and his vessels and the altar and the altar of burnt offerings with all of his vessels and the laver and the foot and thou shalt sanctify them that they may be most holy. You know what makes you holy? According to Corinthians chapter number 1 first, or Second Corinthians chapter number 1 verse number 21 listen to these words. I tell you, God with us is absolutely essential. God with us is essential. These utensils, these tables, these, these vessels could not be used unless they were anointed. Second Corinthians one twenty one. Read it with me. Read it out of your Bible. Now He which establish us with you in Christ, and have anointed us, is God. Are you anointed? Who was that letter written to? A church at Corinth. Hath God anointed you? I tell you that if you are saved, there is an anointing. And if there is no anointing and no witness of the Holy Spirit, you're unsaved. God is not with you. Preacher, I don't believe that. You don't believe the Word of God then. People think because they don't believe it, it changes something. Just because you don't believe it or you don't agree with me does not change the Word of God. God sent Jesus to this world. God came down that Christ could die on the cross that you and I could have God with us today in 2023. So Daniel, Daniel nine twenty four, to seal up the vision of the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. God's going to anoint the most holy. I believe you could say this in two or three different ways. The word means the holiest of holies. Do you know that Jesus Christ was the holiest of holies? So a place. He anointed the holiest of holies. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was, right? The mercy seat. The anointing oil was on it. What about you? What has God anointed your place? You're a tabernacle. If you're saved, you're a tabernacle of God, right? He has anointed the holiest of holies, the place but he's also anointed a person. He anointed Jesus Christ, did he not? He said he gave Him the Spirit without measure. So the Son of God was anointed while He was here on the face of the earth. And you you and I as children of God have been anointed as well. We, the people of God, have been anointed that the world might know that God is with us. You know, I thought you would enjoy this more. I, 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 I did. I, I thought that there would be a... Maybe I've not done a good job of getting it across visually. But to think that God is with us. How wonderful. What a gift for Christmas. That God is with us. Let me read just another place or two and I'll hush. I'd like to say this to you. First chapter, God is with us. Last chapter, last verse, Matthew. Lo, I am with you always. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wonderful? Paul in the book of Philippians. If I, 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 don't know. I don't even. Don't even. I guess I shouldn't even go there about any favorite verses. <laughs> But Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. It is God. It is God. This in now. For it is God which worketh in you. Is He with us? Thank God if you're saved, it's God that's working in you. Both to will. It's God who gives us the desire. And it is God who gives us the ability not only is He with me in that He stirs me and He moves me to do, He also equips me and enables me to be able to do what He's told me to do. It is God who worketh in you. He's with us. One more time. 4.13 Very familiar. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth. The word means to empower, to enable, to receive strength. Notice this. Inside, verse number 2, I mean chapter number 2, verse 13, it is God who worketh in you both to will and to do. But look at this. It is, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Inside. Coming from an outside source. I can remember this. I remember back through the years several people that I know of that have been through chemo and cancer treatment. You know, they go to the doctor for the next treatment, and the doc says, Your blood's too low. We can't help you, we can't give you a treatment. But what we're going to do is we're going to give you two units of blood. From an outside source, we're going to strengthen you on the inside. We're going to give you something that came from somebody else. How to strengthen you and give you the strength that you can go on. Thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ, an outside source. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. God is with us. He's going to bring forth a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That he is being interpreted. For me, not for the Jews only, for the Greeks. For today, 2023, whoever reads this book puts their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what this promise is? God is with you. God is with you.